you know, ownership, uh, communication, understanding, cost benefit, those kinds of things. That is how to be successful at a high level. Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and how we win. From InterVision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. Hello and welcome to Status Go. I'm Alicia Gaba, SVP of Marketing here at InterVision, and I have with me today John Gray, who's our CTO. Thanks for joining me today, John. Pleasure to be here, Alicia. Thank you. Yeah, and so our plan today is to talk about why organizations are migrating to the cloud and really the best practices for success based on many of the projects that John's been involved with and seen. Before we dive in, John, how about you share a little bit about your background? Sure. Yeah, I've um, been in the IT business for quite a while, probably about three decades. Um, you know, computer science background, did a lot of in-depth um custom applications early in my career, I got into working with big system integration companies, delivering very large systems for clients in the public sector and the private sector, and then started a business about 15 years ago where we did that type of work on a somewhat smaller scale initially. Then we started getting into managed service provider and doing virtualization and things like that, which led us naturally into the cloud, public cloud. And we grew very quickly in that area and, you know, as such have been involved with lots of migrations into the cloud, lots of, you know, hybrid architectures. And we've seen all, all kinds of work um, around public cloud and hybrid. Um, we've got lots of essentially lessons learned from, from doing that. So, um, always want to talk about this with folks and, and share our experiences. Great. So let's let's start at the top around this topic. What are you seeing today around the biggest drivers for cloud adoption? Where are most companies starting and why? Um, you know, it continues to be the migration to the cloud. There's various triggers, you know, getting out of data centers, lease coming up, hardware aging out. Yes, so still those sort of traditional um, situations are bringing people to the cloud. Uh, you know, obviously new companies that start up start entirely in the cloud. So um, there's often, you know, mergers cause companies to move. You know, you have some of the company on the cloud, some not. So now you've got to get everything over and do it in a hurry. Um, Improving security, security, you know, can be stronger. You get into situations where there's a there's a cloud first directive for a company. You know, we're going to put everything in the cloud. Coming down from the CEO, uh, machine learning, um, AI, big data is much more viable in the cloud, right? Because compute is much less expensive. Storing huge amounts of data is much less expensive. You can start environments up and shut them down. So you can have a supercomputer for 15 minutes and then shut it down. So it's just much more viable. Um, disaster recovery also obviously is another you know, big strong use case for the cloud. If you've got large on-prem and no DR, you can put together a DR architecture and environment pretty quickly in the cloud with much less cost. So many reasons to go about it, Alicia. Um, 
and having a strategy is sort of you know obviously an important thing to do to have as you go about it so yeah i'm sure in many cases uh, it's really more than one driver yeah leading it's very true the class strategy so some probably some combination of the things that you've mentioned um, so you, you talk about the strategy and I've, I've personally heard you recount some of the projects that you've been involved in and some of the things that have led projects to go really well versus where maybe they haven't gone so well. What do you think is the, the one thing that sets the organizations who succeed in a cloud migration project apart from the ones who haven't? Having a strategy in place and having buy-in and ownership to that strategy across the organization from the executives on down, um, which is very similar to what makes an IT project successful, period, whether it's cloud migration or anything. Yeah, ownership, uh, communication, understanding, cost-benefit, those kinds of things, that is how to be successful at a, at a high level. And how do you, when you're consulting with organizations on this topic, how do you help them establish the right strategy for their organization? Well, yeah, that's a great question. What we do, if we're allowed to, and you know, this is, it's a very good situation to bring in a third party, another company to help you in migration this work generally involves additional work for the people who on your staff are already probably fully busy so having a company come in to help you define the strategy see where you're at understand your drivers help communicate that strategy across your organization help you get buy-in help you get ownership uh, those are all things that are you know qualified company can, can help you with, uh, and then chopping up the work into bite-sized pieces that can be implemented, um, trying to sort of stack the deck so that you show success early on and you get people more committed and, you know, you're already getting return on investment from the beginning, um, figuring out where you can use automation um, and tooling. So, you know, making sure that your business case is well-defined and well put together, thinking about how you're going to deal with the change management within your organization, training and all those types of things, and, you know, so that you, you bring everybody along because quite often the, when people on the, your internal IT here, cloud, they're going to start fearing for their jobs. You know, that's not the case, right? Um, there's still plenty of things people, skilled people can do. Uh, freeze them up from a, some of the mundane things they're doing now to do higher value things. So there, there's a lot of things we kind of bring in and, and initially talk to people about as we kind of get them going. And we, or if they're already a long way along in the cloud maturity, uh, if they're partly in the cloud, we can then help them figure out how to best take advantage of what they have and how to apply the, the very latest cloud services to their situation. So uh, there's a lot we can do. 
I have to imagine that by now, most companies are in the cloud in some way, some form, right? And so are you seeing projects stall out, take longer than anticipated? Is that pretty normal? Um, Unfortunately, yeah. Uh, Yes, we are seeing most companies in the cloud in some shape or form. And quite often we see situations where things have stalled out. Um, Even some companies where they say, oh, we're not in the cloud, you go, well, you know, are you using any software as a service applications? Oh, yeah, we've got, you know, three or four. Well, those are most likely in the cloud. They may well be in a company's private sort of controlled cloud. And there's, you know, certain pros and cons, so which really brings you to sort of finding the right type of migration for your application. Because some applications, it may make sense to move into a software as a service, you know, re-architect. Uh, others, you may decide you just want to get up there as fast as you can because you've got to get out of your data center. So you follow a lift and shift. But generally what we see is most situations now, rather than a couple of three years ago where people were trying to dump a you know, wheelbarrow load of applications into the cloud with a lift and shift approach and then try and clean up later and finding that that was costly and, and difficult. Well, generally what we see is people are you know, replatforming. They're coming up you know, to the latest version of the operating system or database system or content management system as they go or prior to going to the cloud and or they're refactoring the application so that they can make it into a stateless application that can then take advantage of um, auto scaling and elasticity and things like that. Um, so that's again where the upfront sort of strategizing and planning makes sense because otherwise what can happen is you can get your first group of apps up into the cloud and um, if you're just doing it with your existing staff, now you've got this you know, workload in the cloud, you're the folks who are supporting it are in a different environment than they're used to so that they're not as adept at supporting it so it becomes more difficult for them to support and therefore they don't have the time to take on the next wave of migration so you end up in this hybrid cloud environment whether you want it to be in hybrid or not and you can't move forward so again it's a reason to bring in help to move you through both strategize and then go through the migration, the implementation, and get through all of that quickly and efficiently as you can. So you you can then resume operations in the cloud, get good at it, get your staff trained, and whether you want your staff to take on the full support of that going forward, or if you want to hand that off, again, you know, lots of reasons to, to move, but you really want to plan it out and understand how you're you know, you're going to phase things. Yeah, there's there's obviously, like you were saying, multiple types of cloud migration. And depending on your driver, some may make sense and some may not. So you talked a little right. bit about and shift. Well, if you're dealing with a lease coming due, um, a hard deadline, you may be forced to do that. It may be the right thing. Whereas if you're not, it may make more sense to do the other way you mentioned, which was replatform, you know, rewrite the app specifically for the cloud, which will take you longer, but right. then it'll be a different experience once you're there. Do many companies have some sort of combination of those approaches or Absolutely. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, companies who are very leading edge, who've got their own software they've developed, you know, they're using, perhaps, you know, they're getting into serverless, they you know, heavy use of um, containerization, you know, Docker, Kubernetes. Um, so, you know, they're very adept at, or much more adept at uh, refactoring because they're building things. If you're a company that just uses off-the-shelf software or off-the-shelf software that's been um, configured and customized, you know, you're not necessarily going to be doing as much of that, but still containerization can make sense. You, you want to look at your entire suite of applications and consider which ones you want to move and how you want to move them, whether you want to rehost them, replatform them, leave them where they're at, um, retire them. So, yeah, and understand the interdependencies is another key thing to do between the applications because if you're picking up one of your you know, core line of business apps and you're bringing it over, well, most people's applications are then integrated with your know, data warehousing business intelligence, reporting systems, uh, monitoring systems. So really there's an entire sort of graph of applications that you need to bring over at once to make that work well. Otherwise you could end up in a situation where you've got huge amounts of data uh, traversing between your you know, on-prem and the cloud now because you've got your know, data coming out of your main app into a data warehouse and it's being done over the internet. And, uh, you know, crap, that's not working well. So if you want to architect for that, then you need a high-speed interconnectivity like, you know, AWS Direct Connect or Azure um, Express Route up front. So there are ways to do it. You just want to really understand the networking up front. And that's an area where a lot of organizations really struggle uh, and sort of underestimate the, the change is around networking. It's a very different paradigm. A lot of uh, the on-prem uh, network folks who are very good at what they do they're in unfamiliar territory when they get into the cloud and they're uncomfortable with that and we've seen that that slow down a lot of projects you know security is another area where people quite often have big concerns that the cloud's not secure whereas in fact if done right it is much more secure so lots of different areas that we've seen over time and things that have changed over the last few years organizations are increasingly already in the cloud some in a very sophisticated way so for some of those folks in areas where they've moved and things have gone well but they've got areas where they've got technical debt we can come in and help them you know clean that up so um you know lot, lots of reasons to sort of engage third parties because then they can continue to focus on their leading edge uh, areas themselves so um, in many ways I think this is a case of you know get the smart minds in the room and and break it down and make sure that everybody's on board before you move forward yeah and I, I can only imagine the the collaboration required to get buy-in across the board on the strategy and then that communication strategy that you talked about right um, yeah those things are so important, yet I have to imagine it's so easy for a group to create a plan and, and want to just forge ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I can see those missteps happening a lot. You've talked about a couple different things. You've talked about if you don't have a clearly defined strategy, 
you know, you're, you're going to run into trouble sooner or later. Um, you talked about multiple types of migrations and make sure you're aligning the right one to the application or set of applications. Um, and then you talked about the networking and, and security. I'd love to spend just a little bit more time talking about those two things. Are there fundamental differences between the way that networking or security was done in the data center versus in the cloud that that anyone adopting cloud needs to make sure they are fully aware of? Um, yes and no. I mean, you know, security is very much the same in that, you know, you, you obviously you want to understand your threats, you know, what you're protecting, you want protection in layers, uh, you want to take a deny, you know, approach. So a lot of the, the fundamentals are entirely the same. Um, how they're implemented is is different. You know, you're dealing with things like security groups and, you know, knuckles and things. So the, the way that you implement um, it is somewhat different. Um, so networking is is different because you really potentially got multiple data centers in the cloud, really, rather than just one data center. You're better off segmenting workloads into separate accounts or you know separate areas in the cloud because you can really isolate and um, sort of reduce the blast radius. Uh, that's sort of fundamentally different paradigm to a single data center. Um, so that's an area where folks are pretty uncomfortable initially, but the reason to do it, once you sort of start to understand it, and this really started to happen about three or four years ago, um, that started to see, okay, it's it's better to have, you know, in AWS, better to have a whole bunch of accounts and to restrict them to, you know, one application because in one environment because you can control exactly who has access to the production environment for your main application versus the dev environment and keep things very clean um, to use a separate account for backups and use MFA and have hardly anyone having access to that because then your backups are completely secure. So, you know, it, it's a different mindset. Uh, it's just, you know, a different paradigm. But once people get comfortable with it, they really see it makes a lot of sense, um, but you've got to also sort of understand that you really have to use automation, infrastructure as code, to make all of that workable because you can't create all those environments um, manually. You, otherwise, you'll end up with them all being different. You'll have you know configuration drift across all of them. Um, so you have to adopt this sort of mindset of using automation from the beginning, not saying, okay, we're going to build this environment out, then we will automate. It's no, we're going to uh, take the time to automate this from the beginning. Um, so, you know, where we see that starting to take hold with clients, you know, they end up in a, in a much better position. However, you know, automation itself is a very powerful thing. We've also seen it, clients wipe out entire environments by doing automation wrong. Um, so, you know, um, it's, you kind of need to understand the strengths and weaknesses of the tools and things that you, you know, where are the uh, things that can go wrong in, with the way you're working now, uh, even though it's, you know, a much better place to be, there are places where you can go wrong 
This is great. It's fabulous insight, John. Um, you talked a little bit about backup and DR. Is that something that when you're developing that migration strategy, you've got to be thinking about not just security, not just networking, but also what's your backup and DR plan going to be rather than it being an afterthought or what are you seeing? What are your recommendations? Yeah. Um, what I'm seeing is, you know, is backup is an area where the cloud is, is probably a little weaker. Um, the native backup processes are a little sort of bare bones still in some ways compared to what, you know, we, what you see on-prem. So uh, certainly it can completely be handled. Automation can be used and the, you know, the traditional backup tools are available in the cloud, but kind of seeing that as an area that gets overlooked. And, you know, so it's an area where we focus. DR um, is often we start conversations with clients around doing DR into the cloud. And quite often it segues into once they sort of start to see the value of the cloud into actually fully migrating into the cloud. Um, but then once you're in the cloud, DR is different. You know, what are your events? You're not going to have a data center burn down, right? Because your work split across mm -hmm. multiple data centers across the country or the world. But potentially you could have a rogue employee log in and delete your environment, delete your backups, right? So that's why you want things like a separate backup account that is highly secure and you're pushing your backups into that. So your disaster events are different. Uh, generally, the reliability of cloud infrastructure is greater. You know, things, databases that are multiply redundant from the get-go. So you, you've got more reliability built into cloud architecture than you had before. Um, backups, you still need to pay attention to because, you know, if you, if you need to be able to pull sort of uh, daily files from backups, you know, you, you need to figure out how you're going to do that, the snapshotting. And, uh, and also, if you've got data in software as a service solutions, how are those getting backed up? And if you need to restore across multiple applications, some of which are in software as a service, some not, how are you going to do that? So it, it's, again, a matter of understanding what your requirements are and, you know, sort of planning it out. The, autom the implementation of that can be quick because of the, you know, the tooling and everything, but you need to really understand your requirements and plan out your solution. So we've covered a ton of ground on the topic of cloud migration. As we come to a close, do you have one call to action for the listeners who've been tuning in? Yeah, uh, I would say step back, look at the big picture of where you're at as an organization, really, how are you leveraging technology, whether it's cloud or hybrid or for your business, right? What are your key drivers as a business? How is technology supporting that? And then how does the cloud play into that? And then what should your next steps be? So, you know, it's the beginning of a new year. So step back and figure out where you are and what you want to do next. Absolutely. It's always a great time to reset, mm -hmm. reflect and reset. Um, the other thing that I'll add for listeners, 
as always, thanks for your time today. Um, but we do have a white paper on the seven deadly sins of cloud migrations. That'll be available in the show notes on this episode. And that white paper and all of InterVision's other white papers are always available on intervision.com in our resource section. So thank you, John, for joining us today on Status Go. Thanks, Alicia. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find Intervision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. Until next time.